Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who loves playing some Rocket League in his spare time, Brandon Siegel. How you doing today? I'm doing well. That is very true. If, if nobody knows what Rocket League is, imagine playing soccer as a car, and that's what it is. You can flip around, you can boost forward. It's, it's a very fun game. And I might even stream it a little bit later after this podcast comes out, so you should definitely check out my stream. It's SB Ravens on Twitch, so you know, give a little... A little plug there. Shameless plug, Trevor. Um, I'm totally okay with it. But we have a really fun episode planned today on the Small Baller Podcast, um, and we'll just kind of get right into it. We don't have Ben today. Uh, sadly, he will not be with us. So, you know, for the people that listen to this podcast or Ben, you know, tune off, listen to the last one, but I recommend you staying uh, through the whole episode. But let's get started. First up, we had a big trade in the NFL world. Carson Wentz was traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first-rounder. So, Trevor, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this trade. What do you think about it? Yeah, so we obviously know that Phillip Rivers uh, plans to retire. So Indianapolis, they have a very good uh, support system this past year around Rivers. Now they're without him, and they need a new quarterback. So, you know, they have a number of options. They can go out in free agency, try to, you know, make a case for Watson. You know, Wentz, obviously Stafford has now went to the Rams. Um, or they could just rely totally on, on drafting a quarterback, which if you go that route, you know, oftentimes it'll take time to develop the quarterbacks unless you get one of the best ones, which with the Colts draft position, it's, you know, it's, it's unlikely because they're drafting uh, in the twenties, I believe. So they did decide to take a swing here with Carson Wentz. And, you know, while I don't think Carson Wentz is a very good quarterback anymore, it seemed like he had like that one or two good years in Philly. And then, you know, this past year was kind of uh, just atrocious. It was, it was very bad. Um, and I don't really believe that he can turn around. However, you do have a coach in Frank Reich who was with him in Philly for a couple years. Um, so, you know, may- maybe there is just a little bit of hope there that maybe he could turn around. Um, I'm sure Frank Reich uh, believes in Carson Wentz and believes that he can turn it around. So that's the approach that the Colts have decided to go with. Um, I still think they should definitely try to draft a quarterback early. Um, whether that's the first round, second round, I think they should try to get someone else in there that maybe, you know, Carson Wentz plays initially and then while they develop him and, and they just kind of play it by ear. And then they say, okay, if Carson Wentz is playing well in this first year, you know, we, we just keep him and then maybe we have that rookie quarterback as a potential trade piece. If not, Carson Wentz is stinking it up like he has, you know, in the past year or two, then, you know, we have that quarterback there. So I think that's kind of... Uh, the approach that they should have, I, I think they should still, you know, try to draft someone because I don't believe in Wentz. Um, but nevertheless, you know, we do know that uh, a lot of these pieces around Carson Wentz will will be a much better support system than what I think he had in Philly. So I think uh, that's a good thing. Their defense is talented. You know, he has like a pretty good offensive line around him, some other weapons. So I don't know. Overall, I think I'm kind of, uh, you know, in the middle. I'm kind of like, eh. You know, we'll see how it goes. I'm not super negative, not super positive on it either, though. So, I actually think this trade is good for both teams. I'm actually going to disagree with you. I like Carson Wentz. I think he was put in a pretty terrible situation. No real good running back there. Uh, You know, the team kind of gave up on him. Not amazing receivers around him. Zach Ertz having down years consistently hurt. Goes into an Indianapolis team that has a lot of good weapons around it. A good Great running back core, Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, I mean, uh, Naeem Hines, they have a lot of good running backs there, great weapons to throw to. 
um, and a pretty good O-line on a team that has been successful with quarterbacks that are lackluster. We saw Rivers really not do well. Brissett is not this amazing quarterback. I, I think a Wentz is an upgrade on them both. Now, obviously Wentz has been bad, but the years he was really good was with Frank Wright. Um, so I, I think that there's a big potential here for Wentz. And I think, honestly, both teams kind of came out happy. The only thing that's kind of a big bummer is the Eagles take on a huge dead cap hit this year, $33.8 million. It's the largest for any team ever for a single player. Um, and that's a, I mean, that's crazy, that amount of money in a year where it really, really, really matters, where teams are, you know, scraping around for some cap money. So I like this trade. I think Wentz is going to succeed with the Colts. I mean, when, when Frank Reich was in uh, Philly with Wentz, I mean, Wentz was an MVP caliber quarterback. He was really, really good. I think he was a top five quarterback by PFF standards for two years straight. So, you know, and I know people are going to be like, well, you hate Baker Mayfield and Baker Mayfield's better than Wentz. Yes, he is better than Wentz right now, but Wentz has nothing around him. I think he can go back to his old form with stuff around him. Now, I might be wrong. But I have, I have some faith in this, and I think the Colts are going to be a very scary team because of it. But uh, any anything else you want to mention on this, Trevor, before we move out of small talk? Yeah, I think ultimately, like, even if Wentz doesn't do well and he just has a bad season, it's not, like, they only gave up, like, a couple picks. It's not really a big deal for the Colts, even if he doesn't succeed. So I, I think I, you know, I would more like it than not like it, I guess. Yeah. I got you. So, yeah, that's really all we have for small talk today. It's pretty pretty short segment, especially with, without three of us there. But let's move over into small talk trivia. Um, we, we skipped a week last week because uh, we had a great guest, Coach Noah Bearson, on with us, uh, which is awesome. Highly recommend you guys go listen to that episode if you have not yet. A lot of great insight from Noah. Um, but what, what's the current score, Trevor? The current score is 41-35. to 35. You maintain six-point lead. That's a, that's a big lead. So... Trevor, um, I, I will go first today. I'll offer you my question. It's very, very straightforward. What team won the first NBA game? It's that simple. Oh, okay. What team won the first NBA game? Wow. Okay, so, yeah, this I think this is the type of question you kind of got to know offhand. Um, you know, relatively difficult, but you can go through, you can think about, okay, what are the first uh, NBA franchises that probably would have been... Um, eligible to, to mm-hmm. be the answer for this. So the New York Knicks, or at the time they were called the New York Knickerbockers, or, or maybe, you know, whatever. But the New York Knicks, that's that's a possibility, even though um, they don't have, like, they didn't really have, like, a ton of stars. Like, because you can think about, like, for example, um, with the NBA, like the Minneapolis Lakers with, like, the George Mike and teams. But, you know, the NBA dated uh, even back before that. So it's 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 gonna be difficult to think about. You gotta just try to think about like the biggest markets, um, you know, the teams that that stand out, like a Boston Celtics, like a New York Knicks, potentially a Minneapolis Lakers, um, but that one might be eh, potentially a little less likely. Um, even even an LA team is a possibility, I, I suppose. Um, but it's it's gonna be difficult. I'm just going to pick. It could even be like a Philly team. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a big market though. I think that's the most the safest choice. I don't know the answer offhand. So I'm going to say that the team that won the first game is the, um, I'll say it's the Boston Celtics. That's going to be my answer. answer. Yeah, it, it's a guess, but you know, we'll see. So 
Uh, I told you before the podcast, my question was going to be either a complete guess or you're going to know the answer. So you took a complete guess, which is okay. I would have done the same thing. It was actually, the correct answer was the very first team you mentioned, the New York Knicks. They defeated the Toronto Huskies 68-66. to And fun fact about this game, any fan that was taller than Toronto center George Nostrand, hopefully I'm saying his name correctly, was granted free admission. So if you were taller than the center, you got to go into the game for free. Fun little fact for you today, Trevor. Very interesting. Do you uh, do you have what year was that? By the way, I'm just curious. 1946, November 46. 1st, 1946. Okay. All right, 1946. So you know I could have gotten it right, um, but I didn't. You know it is what it is. We we'll move on, try to regroup, and get ready for next week. Um, so my question is obviously with the NBA All Star Game coming up um, here in the next month or so, uh, my question is going to be related to NBA All Star appearances, and it is pretty simple. Who, what is the, who is the NBA player with the most NBA All-Star appearances of all time? Who has the most? Yes. So, I think, I think I know this one. I think LeBron is close. This would be 17, but I don't think he's at one. I'm pretty sure the correct answer is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think he had, like, 18 or 20 or something, or 19. It's around there. It's, it's, I know LeBron's close, and LeBron will probably end up breaking it. I'm pretty sure it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think I saw this on ESPN the other day. So my final answer is going to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We're going to go nice and quick with that. Uh, and you would be correct with that. Uh, the answer is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, he has 19 All-Star appearances. Close behind him, though, is Kobe Bryant. Kobe had 18. Oh, LeBron's not second? Uh, oh, no, Kobe, Kobe had 18. And then you have a tie. It looks like Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Shaq, LeBron... Yeah, those four, all of 15. So, yes. Very nice. I, uh, I'm i happy I got that point there. Because uh, I think we might be reaching close to the end of this scoreboard of, of questions. Uh, but we'll have to see this. Stay tuned for that. Um, so let's move forward. Next up, we have Randomly Ranked. This is the segment where we take a completely random topic and rank it. It's very self-explanatory. Today's topic is going to be best cartoons. Trevor and I are from an era where cartoons were very, very big when we were younger. So I think this will be a fun topic. And Trevor even said before that we recorded the podcast that he could talk about this forever. And I think I could too. So Trevor, um, I'll let you go first today. What are your top three favorites? Yeah, I think the thing that made it so difficult to narrow it down to three is that there were so many different times in my life where my favorite cartoon changed. So I could go, for instance, when I was, you know, very, very little, like four, five, six, it was Mm -hmm. Rugrats. I loved uh, the Rugrats. It was one of my favorites. I also liked like Rocket Power, Hey Arnold. Those are some of the early ones. And then we kind of got into like SpongeBob um, and and some of those other ones. Um, And then it, it evolved from there. But number three. I'm going to start off with uh, one of my favorites, you know, pretty pretty consistently, you know, throughout, you know, I don't know, from when I was, say, like 7 till, you know, 12 or whatever it would have been. And that's Fairly Odd Parents. I went with Fairly Odd Parents at number 3. Uh, very solid. I used to watch it religiously. Um, and also, you know, the little, like, spinoff movie they have, uh, Channel Chasers, is uh, just legendary. I love that. Um, so number 3 is Fairly Odd Parents. Number 2. Um, I went with the very solid one that a lot of people, or most people, would have on their list, and that's SpongeBob. Um, you, I would not be surprised if you have this at number one. I'm putting it at number two um, because I was trying to think of like, okay, at the time, um, as a kid, which cartoon had the biggest impact on me, and like, which one did I consistently, I guess, watch and, and love the most? So SpongeBob came in at number two. Obviously, you know, everyone listening probably. 
Um, either you love SpongeBob, most people probably love SpongeBob. Maybe there's a few that don't like it for whatever reason. But SpongeBob number two, very solid. Number one, um, you know, and, and I don't expect Brandon to have this on list. I don't even know if Brandon ever watched this, but my number one is Pokemon. And I, I went with Pokemon because, you know, me and my good friend, shout out to Devin, uh, religiously we watched Pokemon throughout our childhood from when I was, mm-hmm. I don't know, four or five years old until I was 12, 13, whatever it was. Um, so that was my number one, but it was very tough. I also didn't mention uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. That would be another honorable mention. Uh, just a very great cartoon. If you've never heard of Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, I recommend you go check out uh, some clips on YouTube or something. So I actually want to give the same honorable mention that you just gave, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. It's such a fabulous show. I used to love it. And it's kind of weird. I can't like individually remember a single episode, but I remember just absolutely loving the show. So I'm going to I'm gonna have some weird ones here, Trevor, some that you might not have even watched. Maybe you have, but... Uh, some that I, I would watch even, all three of the ones I'd watch to even this day, 100%. My number three's gotta be Justice League. Um, that's, you got Batman, you got The Flash, Green Lantern, Superman, it was just a fabulous, fabulous show. Um, really, really great storyline, uh, and I, I just absolutely loved it. We're gonna stick with the superheroes, one of my all-time favorite shows, Batman the Animated Series. It's an early 90s show, um, but a really, really good storyline, and I absolutely loved it. I would still watch to this day. Number one, Trevor, you are correct. I have to give number one to SpongeBob. I feel like that's universally just, I mean, one of the greatest cartoons of all time. It's funny. It's honestly not even for kids. I'm going to be honest with you. It's really not even that much for kids. But it's really such a great show, so it had to be at my number one. So did any of mine surprise you? I didn't think you would guess my, my first two. Um, I mean, I, I didn't, I wouldn't have like guessed Justice League, but I'm not surprised because I know your love for Marvel movies and such. So I'm, I'm not too surprised to hear your choices. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think pretty good selections there. Yes, hundred percent. So let's move on to our main topics for today. Let's start off in college basketball. Um, and our first college basketball topic today, a lot of mid-major success, but there's a couple ones that I know you wanted to point out, Trevor. So I'm going to hand the mic on over to you uh, and talk about a little bit about our mid-major watch. Yeah, so I wanted to mention this because we did have uh, two games over the weekend. Um, the, the same two teams, Loyola Chicago and Drake, they're in the same conference, uh, Missouri Valley. So they played mm-hmm. each other twice. Obviously, with the scheduling, we have a lot of, you know, both both in college basketball and NBA teams, you know, playing each other. Um, kind of just doing like a home-and-home home, like normal, but like back-to-back games. So it was interesting because Drake was uh, missing their best player in the in both games, and Loyola Chicago uh, kind of destroyed them. They beat them by over 20 points mm-hmm. in the first one. Um, but then in the second game, Drake came back and beat them in a nail-biter, 51-50. Um, so, so very interesting. Both these teams, pretty fun to watch. Uh, they have a lot of veteran experience, uh, some solid coaches. We know Loyal Chicago with their success from a couple of years ago with that with that uh, run. And mm-hmm. they are currently actually ranked right now, too. I, I don't know if they'll uh, drop out. Or, or actually, I don't think they did drop out. So they are currently ranked, I believe, they're 22nd. So had to point out those two teams, uh, very uh, teams to keep your eye on, as hopefully both of them will make the tournament. We'll see. Um, because usually, obviously, with mid-majors, if you don't win your conference, it's tough to get one of those at-large bids. But I hope that whoever doesn't uh, win the conference does get a bid. I'm hoping for that. Another team I wanted to mention was Winthrop. Now, Winthrop is 20-1. They only have one loss on the whole season. 
uh, one loss in conference play. Now, they haven't really played anyone that's, you know, all that great. But nevertheless, uh, when you win uh, 20 out of 21 games, you deserve some respect. You deserve to be mentioned. So Winthrop um, is the other team I wanted to be uh, to mention there. You know, you also have, like, for instance, like a Wright State, who I think has been very good in Horizon. Um, I think they're like 18-5. Another team to mention, team to watch out for there. Um, if they do win their conference, obviously, you know, teams like Cleveland State, surprisingly, have, have been pretty good. But Wright State is still, I think, the best team in that conference. So just a few of the, the mid-major teams I wanted to mention there. Um, Brandon, what, what do you think about this? Do you – I know, like, you know, when we get to NCAA tournament time, we have a lot of these instances where uh, we have teams on the bubble and we're deciding between, like, these – powerhouse teams say like a texas in past years where they have like 13 14 losses versus like a mid-major with with like three or four losses and i i normally like to see kind of the mid-major teams get in there what do you think about that do you like to see kind of the mid-majors more of them get in there so we get you know an opportunity to watch them play oh a hundred percent but here let's let's this is coming from a biased point of view we went to mid-major schools obviously we want to see the little guy come out and win some games you know we saw Loyola a couple of years ago make this wonderful run and it's these are fun stories to watch which is always surprising why the NCAA doesn't allow more of these teams in over you know these multiple lots you know eight nine seeds or whatever eight seeds so I, I'm a big fan of bringing in more of these you know mid-major teams you know, and they deserve to be there. I really do. I think this is especially this type of year where all of these really, really big scores are terrible. I mean, this would be the perfect type of year to allow like a Loyola or a Drake that's on the bubble to get in if they don't win their conference. One of them will, but the other one won't. Yeah, definitely. So I just wanted to point out uh, those. Then we got into some of the other games, other good games that we've had. We had Duke. Uh, winning a game over Virginia yesterday. Virginia, who is highly ranked Duke, who has been on an uncharacteristically uh, bad spell. They have lost one of their best players in Jalen Johnson, who has now you know kind of opted out. He's getting ready for the draft now. Um, and Duke is actually kind of started uh, winning some games. I think they're on a little bit of a winning streak here. Um, they've won, let's see, I think it's five in a row I saw the statter. Mm-hmm. Or no, I see. I just see three in a row. But either way, Duke is on a little bit of a winning streak now. They beat Virginia, who was ranked seventh, in a 66-65 tight game. And you know, I think consistently, yes, Virginia they they find ways to win win games. Uh, they're very solid. They play this uh, very good style where they're very good defensively. But I've watched them a few times, and it's a little bit like Villanova. I I feel like yes, they have the ability to win games. They have two of the best coaches. But I'm not like super sold on their ability to string together six straight wins when it comes tournament time. I just don't. Ultimately, I just don't think they have enough talent. Like they don't have like that go-to guy where I feel like you can get the ball in their hands and they can you know go off for you know 30, 35 points in a in a big game. Kia Clark, he's very solid. He's been a really good guard. They have uh, Sam Hauser, but I just I don't know. There's something about Virginia that I feel like is clearly missing there. And I feel like that was a little evident in their loss to Duke yesterday. Uh, Matthew Hurt played very well for Duke at 22 points, uh, four rebounds, you know, showing some of the potential that, you know, we, we thought he was capable of coming out of high school. You had Brakefield who hit the winning bucket in that one. So wanted to mention that. We also had the uh, West, my West Virginia Mountaineers, my favorite team, played Texas. Uh, they beat them in a very tight game. West Virginia, they've been in a lot of tight games lately. Um, they've been playing a lot of good teams. And they've won a decent amount of them, which is good to see. Um, 
you know, in this game, Miles McBride was very impressive. Uh, he had 17 points, uh, four assists, hit some big shots, you know, when it when it came in the clutch. And um, also, like, you know, this game was, it was really weird. It was somewhat similar to the last game in that it was very close, you know, pretty, pretty high-scoring teams. And I was very worried because Texas had an opportunity uh, with the last shot to hit a, you know, a buzzer beater or a game winner like they did in the first matchup. Uh, but this time, uh, Andrew Jones, who shot the three, missed it, and West Virginia got the rebound and uh, won the game versus last game when Matt Coleman hit the game winner. So I was very worried, but West Virginia got the win. They've been playing very well uh, lately, so that's good to see. Then we had Kansas and Texas Tech last game I want to point out here. Kansas, now, they are quietly kind of, which quietly is a weird word when you talk about Kansas. They're a blue blood, but they've kind of quietly been playing well as of late. They've kind of turned it around. They've been on a little bit of a winning streak here, and they get a big win over Texas Tech. I think their defense has really improved, um, you know, lately, so that's good to see. And Kansas, you know, like every year, um, I think they're going to still be one of those teams that we're going to be talking about once we get the tournament time, even though you have your other blue buds that I think at this point, they're a little too far out of the picture. Like Kentucky clearly is way too far out. Duke now might be a bubble team. Um, and then you have like Michigan State who's clearly out of as well. But Kansas is still to me a legit, like good team. They could still be a contender. Whereas the others, I don't feel like can. So just wanted to, uh, point that out. Isn't it crazy that we're talking about how Duke is a bubble team? Would you, if I asked you last year that Duke in the next five years is going to be a bubble team at a point in time, would you have believed me? No, absolutely not. I mean, it's it's just crazy. Um, and you know, kind of like Noah mentioned last week, and I thought he had a really good point about how you know it, you know it comes down to like a lot of this experience. That's a lot of the the reason why some of these blue bloods maybe aren't playing quite as well. A lot mm-hmm. of these teams, Duke, Kentucky, especially, rely on these very talented freshmen. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's definitely been, uh, very surprising to say the least. Yeah. It's, it's been a weird college basketball year for sure. A hundred percent. Let's move on to our final topic today. It's definitely gonna be a little bit of a shorter episode. We have the NBA, um, and the all-star starters have been announced. Uh, the five from the East, we have Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. For the West, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Nikola Djokic, and Kawhi Leonard. So here's just quickly, I just want to throw out one thing. LeBron did not get enough votes. Uh, I know some people could be like, oh, he was the main, you know, vote getter. I don't care. He didn't get enough votes. He he shouldn't even be a captain. He should be running the whole game. He should draft for both teams, in my opinion. But in all seriousness, Trevor, I know you have a little bit of an issue with the starting lineup. Why don't you, you know, lay it out for the uh, the listeners at home? Yeah, I mean, it's not a big issue. Like, ultimately, I think the, the main nitpick here is that, and it is a nitpick because I think Luka's been great uh, this year. You know, his stats are awesome. But I I think Damian Lillard did deserve an all-star starter spot. I think what he's doing with this Portland Trailblazers team who has been without C.J. McCollum for the majority of the year, Nurkic has still had ongoing injury issues, and Mm -hmm. Damian Lillard has been fantastic this year. Um, He's averaging about 29 points per game, about 7 assists. Um, and Portland is now, they, they did lose yesterday, but they're still 18 and 11. And when you compare that to like a Luca, so, um, you know, Luca also averaging about 29 points per game, just like Dame, um, or actually Dame's averaging about 30 and seven Luca's around like the 29, uh, I think, let's see, uh, he's averaging about 
uh, about nine rebounds and nine assists. So he has him beat clearly in the rebounds. Um, one more assists and one less point. So his stats are like slightly better. Um, but ultimately here, when you look at like the team's win-loss records, uh, Dallas, I think, is like, you know, out of the out of the playoff picture. Currently, they're not in the top eight, whereas Portland, they're 18-11. They're in like the top five or six. I, I just think ultimately you got to give the edge to Dame there without you know, CJ and, and Nurkic for different points. So that that's my main criticism when I look at the other starting five. I mean, you know, for the West, you have Steph, um, LeBron, Jokic, Kawhi. I think those are all correct choices. Um, I would have just added Dame instead of Luka. And then you look at the East, you got Kyrie, Beal, Durant, Giannis, and Embiid. Obviously, Giannis and Embiid, they're, they're no-brainers. They're going to be there every every day of the week with the way they've been playing. Durant has missed some games as of late, but I think he's played enough and his stats are good enough to where uh, you can't deny Kevin Durant a starter spot. And then the guards is where it gets tricky because there's a lot of different guys where you can argue for. Um, they ultimately decided Kyrie and Beal. You could put Harden in there. You could put... Um, who else? You could put Jalen Brown in there, even though like he's he's like a small forward, but he can also he's been played at guard as well. So you could even argue like a Jalen Brown. Um, ultimately, I, I don't have too uh, much of an issue with uh, having Kyrie or Beal. Um, I think it's 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 just super close. Like you could easily say Harden and Beal or Brown and Beal. It doesn't really make a difference. Beal, I think, does, did deserve a starter spot. So. It's going to be interesting to see now, like, who are the reserves. There are a lot of players that are very deserving. And it, it's someone's going to get snubbed, right? Like, someone's going to be, there's going to be fans that are going to, you know, have some backlash toward, you know, say if Zach Levine doesn't make it, you're going to have a lot of Bulls fans, a lot of fans in general um, mentioning it. So that's to be expected just because the league is arguably better than it's ever been. And there's so many deserving players. Um so yeah, I think that's about that's pretty much my stance by about that. Brandon, did you have any uh, takeaways uh, from the All Star voting? Uh, no, not a, not a lot to say in terms of the All Star voting. Again, LeBron didn't get enough votes, but you know, it's just my opinion. So here, here's the last question before we move on to some games, Trevor. Who do you think will be the first pick from both LeBron and KD? Um, so I would imagine. Okay, so I think they both want Kyrie. You think they both? Think both so yeah. I think Durant for sure would take Kyrie. Um, would LeBron is the question. LeBron could take, he could take Kyrie. He could take, uh, so yeah, Durant, it's definitely gonna be Kyrie for LeBron. Man, I don't know. He should, he should want to take, I would want to take Steph if I'm LeBron, I think. But I don't know if he will. If, if, I, would, if I was LeBron, I'd probably take Steph. Doesn't mean he will. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really hard to say about LeBron. I see. If I'm LeBron, I'm, I'm taking Kawhi Leonard or Giannis. That's that's who I'm taking. If, if I'm LeBron, uh, I wouldn't want Kyrie. Kyrie doesn't know how to pass. I don't even care if it's an All Star game. He still doesn't know how to pass. But let's move on uh, to our last little part of this podcast today. Go over a couple NBA games. First game up, Trevor. Which one would you like to talk about? Uh, so the first one, going to mention the Nets Lakers. Uh, the Nets did defeat the Lakers on Thursday, one hundred nine ninety eight. Um, obviously, the Nets playing without Kevin Durant, Lakers playing without Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. So, you know, teams aren't at full strength, but I think there's still just some interesting things uh, to point out. And with the Nets, it's 
well, at least on the offensive end, it's the same thing. Harden's been very impressive. He had 11 assists in this game. He's just distributing the ball very well, and that's good to see. I mean, you can't ask for anything more than I feel like what Harden has given you. And he's given you a very good, uh, unselfish um, passer, which maybe some people wouldn't have expected that. I'm not too surprised um, because he, you know, he has been known to be a really good passer. Um, obviously, with Houston, always averages uh, averaged a lot of assists and. Um, you know, I just think when you give him more talent, I mean, honestly, that kind of gives him more of a reason to pass. So he's been very good in that sense. Um, it's been interesting because Brooklyn's so um, they've been playing in certain stretches. Uh, Bruce Brown, who is from Miami, who is a six four, two hundred pound guard, as their stretch five. Um, in certain uh, periods of time. It's been very strange to watch. They have, like, the pick and rolls where Bruce Brown's setting the screen, and then, you know, you'll have Kyrie Harden, they'll, they'll pass to him. And it's really weird. They don't really play a center for a lot of the minutes. DeAndre Jordan in this game at 24 minutes, but Bruce Brown also, you know, had 20 minutes. So it's been interesting. Obviously, like I've mentioned before, I still think they need to go out and get someone. But uh, interesting to see from their point of view. And with the Lakers... I mean, ultimately, they're going to need Anthony Davis. We know that. It seems like they're being very conservative with, you know, um, you know, making sure that he is 100% when he comes back. Yeah. I think they're g- probably giving him more rest than he even needs, which I think is the right approach. So, you know, you, you want to do everything you can to uh, make sure your star player is healthy. And also, you know, the seeds, like late last year, they didn't really mean anything in the bubble. I don't really know if they're going to mean all that much this year either. I think... Ultimately, you just want one of those top six seeds so that you don't have to play in like the play-in games because the seven through ten uh, have to play in the play-in. So ultimately, if they get one of those top six seeds, I think LeBron, AD, they'd be fine with it. Yeah, no, I, it'll be interesting because the seeding just doesn't matter in the bubble. So, you know, if they do that, really, I don't think it's going to matter at all. Uh, but next game, what do, we, what do we got up next, Trevor? Yeah, so next, um, I'm going to mention the Jazz and the uh, Clippers. The Jazz Clippers, this was a very good game. Uh, The Jazz were on a big winning streak. They had won, I believe, 20 of their last 21 up until this point. And the Clippers do get the best of them here. But I still came away from this game being impressed by the Jazz. Um, Donovan Mitchell was fantastic in this game. He had 35 points, 5 assists. Uh, You had Bogdanovich, who was, you know, just on fire, making pretty much everything. Gobert was doing his thing. And again, they're just like so unselfish. You know, there's very rarely an instance where they're taking a horrible shot. They're taking like a like a contested three early in the shot clock, or they're, you know, it's all they're always making the right pass, always trying to find the right teammate. And that's just good to see. That's what you want to see. If I was a jazz fan, I would be like ecstatic from what I see from them because it's just so it's just great basketball. It's great to see. And they don't really stress you out. Like a lot of times, you know, if you're watching a bad team or, you you know, your favorite team is, you know, whoever, sometimes you're going to be frustrated because they take dumb shots or or just like whatever decisions they make. So good to see from the Jazz. Clippers also playing better now. Uh, Their depth was very good in this game. So, you know, it's really, you just really want to see it more consistently because it's hard to tell, you know, are the Clippers just going to be the same team from last year or can they bring out the potential that we know they have? So, uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that going forward. Um, and then the last game is uh, also another Lakers game. Lakers Heat last night, eighty out once again. And for the Heat, they were also missing uh, Goran Dragic, very key player for them. Um, and the Heat did end up winning this, but it was it wasn't like they played super well. It was kind of a weird game. 
Um, they did start off shooting very well. Kendrick Nunn played very well, um, which is good to see. But there was just there were certain lapses of like inconsistencies and, and missed shots and uh, different things that are typical in a regular season. But nevertheless, they get the win and they are now thirteen and seven. You know, trying to claw their way back into the playoff picture here. And um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens going forward with the Lakers. I think it's it's really going to be tough on LeBron here. He's playing a lot of minutes which I think has just got to be a little concerning now with AD out. That's the only kind of, uh, I guess, with the positive of, okay, we're making sure AD's 100%. You're also kind of, in a sense, maybe hurting LeBron because he has to, you know, carry carry kind of this team a little bit and play a lot of minutes. You know, I, I, don't, I personally, if I'm a Lakers fan, I don't want to see LeBron playing, you know, 40 minutes a night right. or, you know, something like that. Um, right. But what do you what do you think about that, Brandon? Do you, do you have any concerns about the Lakers um, or LeBron playing all these minutes? I'm much more concerned about LeBron playing all those minutes. Not not as much about them losing uh, without AD. I mean, we know that they're they're probably the best team with AD. Uh, you know, in the lineup, they're I guess at full strength. If every team was at full strength, I, I mean, they would probably come out on top. That's not really the concerning part. The minutes are definitely concerning. You want LeBron probably playing a little bit lesser, uh, just to you know, obviously he's on the older end. So, you know, the less minutes he's playing, the better. It does seem like collectively throughout the season he's played less minutes. So hopefully, you know, these two three weeks with with Anthony Davis out will go by quickly and not too much strain on LeBron. Well, it ended up being all right, and hopefully they can come out with some wins on top of that, too. Anything else you'd like to mention, Trevor, before we wrap up the podcast for today? Uh, I think that's about it. You know, just trying to really get back in the swing of things. It's, we're really in basketball season now, so I'm yes, trying sir. to uh, fully put my focus there and really uh, try to watch some of these teams that I haven't really got a te- uh, chance to watch a lot. So looking forward of to course. it. Of course. Of course. So with that being said, we'll uh, end the episode here for today. Thank you all so much for listening. We really, really appreciate all the support on the podcast. Um, in our uh, description, we have the link to Twitter. It's at the small baller on Twitter. Go follow us there so you know when all of our podcasts go live. Of course, tomorrow, or it'll be Tuesday uh, noon, we will release the uh, recap of the most recent Bachelor episode. We're going to hometowns, so that'll be a nice episode. If you're a Bachelor fan, you won't want to miss that. Of course, we have the 12th row podcast, which will come out, I believe, on Wednesday at noon, if I remember correctly, when they record, uh, which, of course, will also be great. Will and Josh are up to some great things, um, and that podcast has been fabulous. And, of course, this podcast will come out next Sunday at 4 p.m., like it does every Sunday. Um, Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!